I'm Courtney. I'm Joe. And, and this, this is Courtney, Courtney and Joe, Joe Spoil, Spoil Everything. everything. Courtney, I hope you have your Capital Adventure 1 card because we are doing Elias episode 1 today. Elias! Alias. Elias. It's French. <laughs> Fragile. Yeah, so I knew the show was on forever. I had no idea that Jennifer Gardner was in it. I had no idea Brother Cooper was in it. No idea J.J. Abrams made it. I knew J.J. Abrams made it. I knew Jennifer Garner was in it. I knew Michael Vartan was in it. I had no idea about Bradley Cooper. This was his very early work. I think he got sick of being on the show because he, I think eventually like his part like dipped and dipped and dipped until he was just like, please fucking write me off. Yeah, I got a little something about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> something he told GQ magazine. I also knew it was like, I knew it was about like a spy. That was it. Yeah. From the commercials. Yeah. It is. I'm glad I didn't read too much ahead of time because I enjoyed watching it and watching everything unfold and like the different plot twists that, okay, you're making a stank face. I really enjoyed it. I don't know. I hated this. (laughs) I thought it was awful. It was the worst one hour movie I've ever seen in my entire life. No. They tried to fit a bazillion things into it. First of all. Second of all, it it sucked. The whole, like, Oh God, we'll get into it. Well, I like a little I, movie. I wrote that down. I liked that. Yeah, but it wasn't a good movie. Yes, it was. No. Are we gonna have a fight? I think we're, we're gonna have a fist fight about this. <laughs> Why didn't you like it? Uh, there's many things I didn't like, and I'll talk about it throughout it. But it just was shitty. It had one or two really good moments, and the rest were horseshit. I loved it. I texted you. I said, "Alias is so good." Yeah, I know. But I, I watched it today and it's I'm still pissed off about it. All right. Okay. So Alias, for anyone that might not know, like Joe, is a sleek spy drama. Ran for five seasons on ABC, started in 2001, ended in 2006. Uh, went for 105 episodes and it started on September 30th, 2001. So 19 days after the attack on the World Trade Center, we're fresh off of 9-11. Um, again. Again. And here we are in a show about secret agencies, terrorism, homeland security. So how apropos. Um, It was created by J.J. Abrams, which I know you mentioned. He's really well known for his TV and film work, especially action and sci-fi type things. So he did Armageddon. He did the newer Star Trek. He did Star Wars The Force Awakens. On TV, he created Felicity, which I loved as a teenager. Um, And there's a couple from that show that were on Alias and then vice versa. Actually, Jennifer Garner had a guest star on Felicity and a couple people crossover. Uh, he did Fringe, which I've never watched. Um, but perhaps the biggest thing he's known for is Lost. And he won two Emmys for that show. And that was a huge show. I know you've never seen Lost, but uh, until they failed everyone in the end, that was a great show. That's all I know about it. Yeah. It didn't. Uh, the show didn't have gangbuster ratings numbers, but it was critically acclaimed like a lot of other series that we've watched on here. Um, but when you think about all the A-listers or people that went on to be A-listers that were in this show, even just in this pilot episode, it's it's kind of crazy that it didn't didn't have a bigger audience. There wasn't that many A-listers that I saw. This is going to be a fucked up episode with your bad attitude. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, I don't know. I'm in a fine mood today, but it's just this. I just didn't like this. It's not like I'm just a grumpy Gus today. <laughs> okay. Give us a little, talk a little about the characters. I have theme things to talk about too, but chat a little bit about the characters in this. 
I did fun facts again this week. Cool. Because a lot of these people, you know them from other things, and that's fine. Like, I don't need to tell you that Je who Jennifer Gardner is, besides right. that she does a Capital One adventure commercials. Like, that's what she's known for. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you just almost had a stroke. I'm just kidding. It's just a joke. Or being married to Ben Affleck or being Electra. You know, those are her <laughs> highlights. Um, God. So, uh, fun facts about her alias uh, creator J.J. Abrams gave her a pink bicycle for her birthday. Being the first one on set, she often greeted the production crew by ringing the bike bells whenever she came in. That's cute. She's so spunky. I can see that about her. One of her call signs on Alias was Mountaineer because she was raised in West Virginia. And that's the West Virginia University mascot, their football okay. mascot. Castmate Victor Garber took to an internet guide to officiate at weddings. And then he married Jennifer and Ben Affleck. Cool. He was the only other one at the wedding. It was just the three of them. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And also, fun fact, each one of the wigs that she wears in this series costs about $20,000 a piece. That pink one that looked atrocious, you're telling me was a $20,000 wig? Yep. <laughs> Roughly. We have Michael Vartan, who plays Michael Vaughn. He wanted to be a professional pool player before he decided to act. Uh, he played pool for 12 hours a day for five years. Cool. Okay. And also, he dated Jennifer Garner. He did. I want to say that they end up on the show together, but I don't know. Then we had Bradley fucking Cooper. The Coop Troop. Yeah. Um, I once had Lindsay find out and like read articles to find out what product he puts in his hair for when I grew up my hair so I can get it to look just like this. Are you going to put the frosted tips that he had going on in this show? I'm not going to. We're not going to talk about this because this is wild. His haircut in this. <laughs> um, and then and then you have like Wedding Crashers in which he has like complete shaved head. Yeah, it like, doesn't even look like him in that movie, in my opinion. It, yeah, a lot of people, you had to go back when you watched it again when it was on TV and you're like, wait, that's Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it turns out that working on Alias was a miserable experience for him. And in an interview with GQ, he once complained openly about the inconsistent schedule. He opened up, appeared, uh, he appeared as Will Tippin, a character who was often seemed out of place in the drama yeah and perhaps worst of all cooper noted that working that sort of schedule in a series led him to he said he wanted to fucking kill himself working pretty much oh um working on that and told them to be written off as soon as possible well if he's not gonna be a love interest for her like i get well you could tell he liked her in the first one so well they had a past yeah so like yeah. unless he was gonna be the love interest yeah what was he the best friend like yeah. Biffles. So, Courtney, let's dive into the live view. That is the weirdest intro I've ever seen. It's basically just weird spy music spelling out the word alias. Yeah, I think that is what it is. I read somewhere that sometimes it was weird that it came on the very beginning because sometimes they said it comes in like 19 minutes into the episode or something like that. Like you've already watched what like hell? several scenes before it comes in. That's super strange. A little strange. Looks like those letters that you cut out of a magazine when you want to send like a ransom letter. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have our main character. She's in school and she gets out of class and some guy follows her out and he's like fumbling around in his backpack like an idiot. Did you get those Dave Matthews tickets? Like so timely. <laughs> yeah, that is very timely. I mean, that's still something that's said on college campuses even today. Yeah. But I was like, why is he dressed like a doctor? Well, it turns out she's in grad school. I thought she was in college, too. But why is he in scrubs? Is there a hospital on campus? 
made no sense to me. They couldn't do a lot of exposition, so they had to dress him as the doctor, so we all knew. I guess so. They couldn't. We couldn't just figure it out. Um, and there's nothing like him deciding to sing off key, posing in the middle of a college campus. It was like a screamo version of "Build Me Up, Buttercup." I was like, "Oh, this Brit singing is terrible." You want to know what the funny thing about that is? At Trinity College in Cambridge, the actor was actually in a chorus. Oh God! And he was in uh, an opera music, uh, an opera festival in Italy. Isn't that so weird? And he sang like that. Maybe he's just singing. Like, he's supposed to be kind of just, like, obnoxiously singing. I know, but, I mean, if you have an actor that can sing, like, let him belt, you know? And then at one point, there's some church bells in the background that are, like, overpowering the proposal. I was like, turn those church bells down. Like, who was the AV person on this? Like, who the fuck timed this out, huh? Who's the producer that timed this one? (laughs) Yeah. Never get married in college, kids. It just never works. Oh, my thought immediately is... Because I know, obviously, that she's the main character and she's going to be some kind of spy type thing. So I was like, wow, she's pretty young. Not only yeah. to get married, but, you know, to be a spy. <laughs> I thought she was going to say no, for sure. But I guess she was genuinely into him, although I didn't see a connection. They're just very awkward together. Well, after he proposes to her, she goes and sees her friend and we kind of get like a slight version of her backstory. Basically, her mom's dead. Her dad is a really difficult dude who works in quote unquote exporting airplane parts, which is like, who the fuck has a job like that? That's obviously like a cover job. Before they revealed him being also like a spy person, I was like, well, he's obviously a spy person because what human exports airplane parts as their career? I don't even know how you get in in tune with that. And then when they show the flashback of like the British guy calling him to like get his uh, blessing for the proposal, he's so like tough and intimidating. He goes, Sydney doesn't give a damn what my opinion is. And then he's like, I'm not going to be used as part of a charming little anecdote you tell your friends at cocktail parties like he's a pretty brutal dude he doesn't seem like a guy that's in like exports yeah he was just like how well do you know her well obviously not well enough you dumb bitch (laughs) yeah so i i gotta say something before we go further to me i thought this episode was going to be she's not in the cia or any kind of organization yet i thought that it was going to be almost like she has a regular college student finds out about her dad being in part of these agencies. Then she gets involved with it. Like, I thought it was going to be more of like one of those things, like the family business type thing. I mm-hmm. didn't anticipate until we go into the next scene that she was actually already going to be an agent there. Like the first thing I wrote down when she goes into the building to like her job, I was like, oh, is she visiting her dad at work? Like, I still thought like <laughs> she wasn't. Yeah, there. yeah. Like I thought she was working a normal job, like out of grad school. Maybe she was like a lawyer or something because Normally, when you're in those agencies, you have some sort of law background or another trade that that lends itself to to being an agent. Right. Um, So I was like, that's weird. And then she slips her ring off. And I was like, that is weird. Because later she mentions, like, the boss doesn't want her to be in grad school. Like, oh, they don't want us to have any lives outside of here. So I'm sure that's why she slips the the ring off her finger. Because if they see that she's getting married, I don't know. It gets into a weird area, but... Yeah, no, I could see that, but it was just kind of like... You, you can blatantly tell that if someone is taking their ring off. Yeah. Like, your your finger definitely shows it. How about that room she walks into off the elevator? It's just a blank white room. It was like a spaceship in there. But then she goes in, and it's a shithole. Yeah, it's like a damn warehouse. Isn't this a high-rise building? Yeah. 
So you've gone from like a nice elevator with like a security man into a spaceship room and then into what looks to be a warehouse. I don't. Maybe there's a basement. Maybe she was going down. (laughs) It's so weird. Well, a typical spy scene comes next. And like any spy movie or any spy show, you have the gadget guy who like comes in and shows them all the new gadgets. And he's like, being like a super nerd. He was, his mumbling was making me nervous. Like he was like, like he was like, the later scrambles computer signals, the lipsticks, little camera measures space. Yeah, I was like, we have a gun. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need all that shit. <laughs> the next thing we meet Bradley Cooper's character. Bradley Frosted Tips Cooper. Yes. And they obviously have a thing from each other. And I knew that even before they started talking because they drank from the same water bottle. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. That's very cozy. Yes. It's like you and I just slurping off the same bottle for what? Yeah. No, I could tell they had something because only like couples do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you as soon as she says that she's getting married, I go, boy, about to cry. Like he was like. He was crushed. He had to go run off his frustrations because he just couldn't even deal with it. Oh, I totally get that. Next, they're on the couch, and he hops over and starts kissing her belly. And he then, wants to put a baby in her. Yeah, I thought that was super fucking weird. Me too. I go, this Brit wants to put a baby in her, and she's not into it. And then when she went and turned on the music, I was like, maybe she is. And then I was like, oh, no, wait. I know what it's about to happen. Yeah, I thought they were going to go do it. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. out of nowhere, they hop in the shower together. So she obviously turned on the music. And then went in the shower because she knew there'd be no recording. That's why she told him to strip his clothes off. Yeah. Yeah. And she confides in her fiance that she is in the CIA and he like flips out and leaves. Um, His reaction was not appropriate. He has this reaction here and then he has it when they're also like on their roof when they're talking about it again. And I'm like, why is he so mad? I would be more curious and intrigued. I'd be asking 500 questions more than being like pissed off about it. Yeah. I don't know. I I would be like, that's fucking cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would be like, tell Tell me more. more. I, I get that he didn't know like all this time. Like they've probably been dating like four or five years or something and now she's telling him and so he's being like a little weird about it but he acts like she said she was like a serial killer or something like yeah seriously like i like to kill pets and bury them in the back (laughs) i would be so inquisitive about it yeah i'd be like tell me what you do you're an agent that's cool have you killed anyone that's even cooler where do you go and then instead when she's like i have to go to san diego "Mm, you gotta go to san diego like all pissy well where do you think she's been going all these years yeah yeah, like, I don't know. Just business trips, I guess. Because she's been doing this shit since she was a freshman in college. She's in grade school now. They've obviously known each other a significant number of years to be marrying one another. Mm-hmm. Like, where does he think all these mystery business trips are? I don't know. I thought that was stupid. This guy's a dick. And then they cut to the opening scene where she's getting interrogated. She's about to get a shot of something, I assume, which is bad because he does a little squirt with it. Yeah. I, I put truth serum. I didn't know. I thought that was truth serum, too. I thought yeah. it was something stupid like that. I It reminded me of true lies. I was like, oh, he's going to inject her with this, and then she's going to start talking or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, but they did inject her with it, and then nothing happened. Yeah, so it was must it, have been well, truth she, serum. Well, she, like, passed out, and I was like, was it just to make her pass out? Because then it never, like, that serum never did anything. And then they just went back into it. They, they All of a sudden, they just did this flashback of her going through the recruitment of the CIA. Yeah. And it's set to Cat Stevens trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. I was I wrote I wrote the the, the words, what is life right now? 
<laughs> that short montage of her like shooting guns and like getting a letter and then all of a sudden her and her fiance meet back up and they're in a fucking oil field yeah oh that was, I, I, I so yeah. what happened yeah i don't i don't quite understand that like tell the backstory show a couple flashbacks didn't need kaz steven's music no offense love him but and then then go back to them together in the shower still or something like why are they continuing a conversation like this out in the world? Like she knows she's not supposed to tell anyone from jump street. And now she's now discussing it in her home in random spots. Like I don't, I don't get how they got there though. I don't get how they went from the shower scene to that because all it was in was like a flash forward scene in between. And all of a sudden they're in the middle of nowhere. I, it literally, I don't get it. Also, I've seen cat Stevens live. He's great. (laughs) Props to cat. Yeah. I, I don't know. It went, yeah. They're like in the shower. Flash forward, then a flashback. Now they're in an oil field. I don't know. JJ Abrams, explain yourself. As she's like telling him this in the next part and like breaking it down even more, I'm like, she should not be telling him this. I feel like he's too much of a loose cannon. Like even before what we see happens, like I was getting the feeling like, oh, he might say something. Like he didn't seem, he wasn't the kind of person who, if I was going to tell somebody a gigantic secret like that, like I'm in the CIA, you're not supposed to tell anybody or you die. Um, Maybe I want to preface it with like, listen, I got to tell you something. You can never repeat that. Like life or death. She never set up a scenario. He was just like, I'll talk to you later. I was like, Oh, loose cannon. I didn't trust him driving off. Yeah. She's like, hang on. I got to go. I got to catch a flight. Like, yeah. see you later. Like just, just trust like, he doesn't tell anyone why you're gone. What? Yeah. You just, you want to know what? Everything you've said so far is helping back me up that this is a shitty show. No, it's good, though. It's not good. I know I'm dwelling on... I just didn't care for the British man a lot. Well, you didn't have to wait too long. (laughs) We find out she goes to like a party with her CIA partner. Uh, He pretends to um, collapse. He uses the scrambler. That's one of the toys that the um, CIA guy gave him. She runs down and tries to find some device, which I can only describe as uh, a sixth grade science project. It looks like a um, It's just like this ball floating, this magnetic ball floating. Before they like get to the party, the partner tells how he's been married to his wife for 12 years. And she thinks he's like a financial analyst who works really hard. I'm like, how in the fuck have you never told your like how do people keep secret jobs hidden like doesn't your wife or kids ever want to visit with the office like don't they wonder why you go away on random trips like i couldn't keep a delicious hot sandwich a secret from someone how the fuck am i gonna <laughs> like something like that you know? <laughs> no i'm a terrible liar too so i just it's it it baffled me in that part it's like he's like that's the thing you don't do you're never telling him like what he kind of got the vibe when she, she like why would you ask that question you know what i mean yeah well while they're at the party her drunk fiance leaves a dumb voicemail which obviously the cia hears and then she comes back from the trip and he's dead in the bathtub i wrote this stupid fuck he literally says used to be spies like inferring like other people obviously someone's gonna be listening to that leaving this awkward fucking message on her machine like a toddler like wait till she gets back don't leave a fucking answering machine message you moron with the biggest secret you've ever been told in your yeah. life and then, <laughs> and then you really like and, this guy i could tell yeah like i can't and then when she gets there i was like i hope she dumps him oh my god of course then they kill him right so she gets there and i'm like 
how are they going to explain this one? Like, she went there, saw he was dead, and then took off to the office. I was like, is anyone going to alert the authorities? Are they going to think he killed himself? Is she a suspect? Like, who's going to tell his family? Like, all these questions come in that didn't have an answer. Thousand percent the dad killed dad killed him. Yeah, because, well, I knew they were doing that slow reveal with the boss sitting across from someone telling about, like, what they had heard on the answering machine. And I'm like, well, it's going to be her dad. And then he's like, well, you know my where my loyalty lies. And I was like, oh, guess it doesn't lie with your daughter. So she ends up going to the office, gets all pissy, covered in blood, by the way, um, which is in a normal office building. Uh, yeah. Just parks it right out front. Keep the keep the, uh, <laughs> keep the <laughs> keep, <laughs> couldn't find a meter. Here's four bucks. Um, and then. They put her through like a lie detector. This is completely nuts, but this probably happens. Like we just don't know about it because she's like, "You killed the man I love," and he's like, "No, Agent Bristow, you did." I mean, because she did. As much mm-hmm. as I don't care for him, it's her fault. She pushed that secret onto him without, as I said, without the preface of being like, "Please don't tell anybody. Don't yeah. leave me weird messages. We can never mm-hmm. speak about this again." Like, what she think was going to happen? Absolutely. She leaves, and I was like, "How about you just like wipe." some of the blood off of you or change your clothes or... oh i have a thing about that later on too when she's all ghastly you can tell she's already been bucking the system a little bit because like i said she made that comment about him not liking her being in grad school um she doesn't want to give that up you know you're probably not supposed to forge like these really big relationships considering you have to keep like a lifelong secret so mm-hmm. It, it's like yeah she advanced and she wanted to be an agent and everything but she didn't really seem up to the task because like the number one rule was to not tell anybody and she couldn't fucking do that and i thought maybe not the first time she's gonna make that mistake oh definitely not absolutely not we then cut back to the scene where she's being interrogated she writes bite me backwards when she asks who they yeah. were for that was kind of funny um and then they threatened to pull out her teeth and she said she has nothing to lose i mean she's obviously very depressed because her fiance was killed just have a great relationship with her dad her mom is dead do you think that the mother died because the father told her that he worked for like a secret agency Ooh, well that would be a good plot twist yeah that would be really good um i bet you she was an agent too it was like a mr and miss smith thing oh that'd be interesting because he doesn't he's a pretty tough cookie but in the end he doesn't seem like such a shithead so i thought maybe at some point i was like hmm it's a facade. Yeah. He has to because he's playing a double agent. Yeah. We find out. Spoiler alert. We did not get there yet. All right. Whatever. Well, yeah, he kind of has this like facade. I bet you it's just a facade that he tries to be like a hardo all the time. Maybe like try to protect her because he's still like he wants her to be a daddy's girl type deal. Protect yeah. her from like all the bad in the world type stuff. I like when he, uh, when they approach her for to be in the quote unquote CIA and they tell her she fits a profile. Like even if you didn't go through with it, what a cool like story to tell at dinner parties. <laughs> I got approached to be in the CIA. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the funeral scene for the fiance made me very confused for a second because they showed a girl with red hair who ends up being Bradley Cooper's sister and don't preface it. And I'm like, wait, she's like on the cover of the thing. Red hair. Red hair is a, one of her wigs. And she was wearing the wig. Is that, is that, okay. I don't know. Was that her? Is that her coming okay, in yeah. and pre- pretending to be I, someone else? It took me a minute to piece that together later on. When she goes to him later, it will, a couple scenes we'll talk about, and she says to him, I need one of your sister's credit cards and her passport. His sister has dyed pink hair. 
Yeah. Very like very uh, distinctive. So she dyes it to look the same as the passport, obviously to look as distinctive because her face isn't going to match. So that's all his sister was there to kind of do. But without getting to that scene, which comes much later, it was very weird to me. Yes. I was like, what's with the pink hair? Because I, yes, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they say something? <laughs> well, after the funeral and stuff, she goes back to school, uh, tries to get in the back of swing, of, back in the swing of things. Her partner shows up. Boss gave you one month. You've been gone three. What the fuck? Like, we need you back to take care of this. Again, that questions like her commitment to this whole thing. Like, you signed up for, quote unquote, the CIA. You know, we'll get to that other thing later. But that's quite a commitment to go through. Now, they gave you a month off. Well, they killed your boyfriend. I get it. But you're just, like, bucking the system over and over again. Like, if they had no problem eliminating him, like, what do you think is going to happen to yourself? You yeah, told us you're not like, working at Nordstrom Rack here. Yeah. <laughs> and just be like, hey, I need two more months off. You know what I mean? It's a fucking yeah. government. CIA. It's serious shit. And she's just like, Bop. so of course they're going to try to mow her down in the parking garage when she acts like that. I mean. Yeah, I know. That was the weirdest thing. I thought she was going to get in the car. Um, you know, as she walks away from her partner, she goes into this parking garage and she walks up to her car, obviously an empty, eerie parking lot. And I thought for sure she was going to get in in the car or the car was going to blow up as she was walking. Yeah. It. Yeah. No, instead, there's just like whip out those Uzis and just start like mowing her down. Nowhere we worked could be as bad as this was where they're sending somebody to kill you because you've taken too much time. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. We're sick of you. Ah, I can't. And she's like, I'm like, oh, she's going to kill these dudes. And then she busts out like some serious martial art moves. Like a lot of noises. No, no. Stop right there. I know that Jennifer Garner liked to do her own stunts during this movie, but that was the most like choreographed fight in slow motion I have ever seen. Okay, grab him here and then move him and then do this. There was there's no flu it was not fluid. It was just like very rigid. And I was like, yeah. I really fucking hope by the time I watch the finale it doesn't look like this. Because she went on to do Electra and other things. So I know that she can be trained to do stuff. Plus Jennifer Garner is actually a trained ballerina, so I know she can take direction and stuff like that, too. Oh, cool. So why is this so rigid and slow for a fight scene? She's still pretty young here. I think she's probably getting into the groove of things. And there's that weird thing in TV shows where they'll be like, oh, it's five on one, but we're only going to fight one at a time. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like everybody can jump in, you know? Exactly. That would never happen. You get your ass stomped out by all five at once. Right. So I don't know. So she's fighting off these dudes one at a time <laughs> and, <laughs> and now sudden, you you're next <laughs> also this car pulls up she's about to shoot him and it's her pops yep. and this is the second best scene yes in the whole episode yes because the driving was superb and the action yes. scene was amazing besides one thing well th- i loved it i just want to say i like him whipping the car around driving backwards shooting people i was i i wrote that i go this is a pretty good action sequence i wrote that yeah down. it was very good very well done a complete 180 from the fucking martial arts whatever that was wrestling what did you um, like about it then there was one part when he fired the first bullet that was the last blank in the chamber and you could see the gun cock back and oh. all of a sudden they take away and then they go back and then the gun he starts shooting a bunch of bullets. But if you Maybe watch the very gun. first bullet, the whole it you'll see the gun, it will um cock all the way back to the signal it's unloaded. Who would know 
something like that. Someone that's worked with guns in the production industry or just guns in general. Not I. But that's one of those continuity things that you hate. Yeah, it's just like a little detail because like a lot of times in production, there is live gunfire that you'll see. But sometimes they have to like dub gunfire in and it looks like shit. Okay. So I always like to see if it's real and they use like blanks and really put production value into it or they dubbed it in after. Because I've, I've seen both had to be done in like something that I did. And then you can tell. Can't you still get hurt with blanks though? No, because they can, they can just shoot off nothing. Or in my World War One doc, the gun was from the 1900s. Like actually from, it's like oh. 1917. We used wood blanks because it actually had to go and fire. So when it shot the wood out, it would just break apart. It'd be like sawdust. I often wonder how, I mean, you can, you can tell a lot of the time because when they shoot... Even when they're doing that thing where the guys are shooting at her and she's on the other side of the car, they'll only show her on the other side of the car or them shooting. Like, so you're not getting like the full effect of it, Mm -hmm. which is probably easier to fake. But there was a really funny scene in the middle of them fighting. She goes, hey, she calls her friend and she's like, oh, girl, you should hear about the worst day I had. And she's like, no, no, you just call me back. I think my ringer is broken. (laughs) Because of that scene, when her phone rang at the very end, I thought it was going to be the friend calling me like, here now i'm gonna tell you about my day like i i wanted them to do that because i was like oh my god it was a perfect placement for it you know what i mean mm-hmm. but it was a good seat that was a good uh that was a good little thing to throw in oh yes so then she's talking to her dad and she grabs his face i go she think that that's a mask yes uh, that's what i thought was super weird too like is it really you? I was like, well, what is he going to have prosthetics to look exactly like your father? Like, who is it gonna... like I didn't know technology was. We're talking like face-off level stuff, right? Remember, yeah, like Nicholas Cage game? over here. <laughs> but when he says about the SD six, the you know the ones that are the enemies of the state, and like where she's been working is a branch of that alliance. So plot twist. Mm-hmm. All this time she thought she's been working for the CIA. And nope. JK, you've been working for the enemy. Nothing about not like checking your credit. <laughs> Don't do any background check. Go on a uh, glass door and check the business first. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see our tax returns, please. They do a quick flash forward to her being captured. The guy goes to pull out her teeth. She said, start with the back. And they make this like crunch sound of him pulling out her teeth. Oh. I was like, fuck that. Oh, um, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. But you know what doesn't, you know what strikes me weird about this and com- a contrast to her other self like she's been kind of i don't want to use the word weak but in a way she's been weak like she told that secret she took time off she wasn't supposed to take like she wasn't doing the stuff she's supposed to do and now in this scene she's just like fuck it pull my teeth out like it's like yeah. buddy you gotta marry your two personalities if you're gonna survive as like a spy the next scene is fucking this is where she gets the passport and dresses like a goddamn spice girl with red hair <laughs> And decides to go steal the thing that her company's been after so to get back onto their good side so they could stop coming after her. Yeah. It was just the weirdest it's just it was comic relief, obviously, because it's been like a tense. But I thought that was actually kind of funny when she goes up to the counter, she goes, Oh, what kind of lipstick is that? She's like she's just being like acting like a fucking idiot. I think it's also probably supposed to show her like she's cause alias, right? so she's probably um gonna be one of those people who like fakes a character every few episodes so it's Mm -hmm. a glimpse into that the wigs 
Yep. Yep. The wigs and you know everything that goes along with that different persona. I stopped paying attention for like ten minutes during the music montage of her breaking into this place <laughs> of like going to get the whatever, and then she gets caught trying to break in. She gets knocked out. She wakes up back where we are with the whole tooth getting pulled out thing. And then she just decides that, hey, I'm going to do a front flip in this chair really quick and then knock this guy out. I was like, you couldn't have done that and just not had a tooth pulled out. But how? Explain to me. She gets the tooth pulled out. She's now beat up everybody. They're doing machine gun fights. They're going through the whole nine yards. She gets the thing that she needs, wraps it in a crummy t-shirt. How is she back? In the United States, walking into the agency with the same blood on her lip, the secret yep. device still wrapped in a t-shirt. Like, did she fly back <laughs> home? Why didn't she wash her face? How'd she get security through security at the airport? Like, yeah, it, she escaped to '90s soft rock, like pop music. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. I I know you got to remove yourself a little bit. I was very put off about how you're gonna roll in in the same underwear, blood on your lip, and in a in a security in a secret machine wrapped in a t-shirt and you got back to the united states then she goes to the cia who has an actual cia logo on the floor what's the actual cia logo like the office that you could probably google and realize that is the cia office and then fills out like a like a testimonial type deal to like all the stuff that she knows basically she did she did like a little like passcode thing at the desk i'm a walk-in and so that obviously meant something so they let her in Finally, we see Michael Vartan because I know he was like the second leading man of this. And I was like, where has he been for the whole episode? But finally, mm-hmm. he works at the real CIA because this whole entire time she's been working for this covert operation. And now she wants to do actually be the real do-gooder. Like th- th- there's a big theme of this show, which is trust and betrayal. So she doesn't know who she's working for. She wants to be a good person who's doing the right thing. Like she wanted to do right by her man and still do right in her job. And then ends up working for an enemy of the United States who killed her fiance. They're trying to kill her. So obviously she's going to turn her back on them. But in doing so, she's never going to know who to trust. Maybe just her dad. Well, that's another thing too. Like I wrote down family as a theme in this too. It's like not only kind of do they have a complex personal relationship, but he's their only living parent. Now they got to figure out like this weird working relationship and both of them being double agents. Like when he revealed himself to be a double agent, I was pretty surprised. I was pretty surprised a few times throughout this series in this one episode. Like I was surprised initially. Like I thought maybe they would kill the fiance. I thought that was probably a pretty good guess and in turn have to like go after her. But then when they turned out to be the bad guys and then she's going to turn her back on them now that she's going to be a double agent. And then the dad is revealed to be a double agent too. Like I was, I don't know. Did you see all that coming? No. And I didn't really care for it. It was like too much, too much. You jumped a shark in the first episode. Well, they do that a lot. I've actually read up on that because of the underlying mistrust. Basically this was a show that could easily jump the shark quite often and not really be questioned because when you're talking about spies and double agents, Everything is questionable. Yeah, I can see it. You could just just pivot like a ton of times. Right. You know, just go back and forth between what's good and what's bad. You know, the CIA does very questionable things, I'm sure. And, you know, she'll have issues trying to be like, oh, which which side am I on right now? Am I being good? Am I being bad? That's something she's going to struggle with. And the people that she's made relationships with, like the one guy who's her partner, the guy that's been married for 12 years, that's going to take a toll. Like, does he know he's also working for the enemy 
You know what I mean? There's that whole level of things too. And she can't ask it. Like there's a whole balance system that is going to go on with that and take a toll on them because really maybe they do have a nice relationship. Maybe he doesn't know either. Absolutely. There's a whole thing behind that. I, I read an article that in the, in the header of the article said alias, the most binge worthy spy drama that you somehow cannot stream because I do think this is binge worthy. I know you're not a huge fan of it, but I thought it had stellar casting, big stars that, you know, that went on to do big things. There's martial arts, gunfights, stunts happening constantly. And there's always something to keep you engaged. Well, I mean, 24 was the same thing. They were on at the same time. Yeah. You didn't like 24 either. Maybe just because like I didn't that. get to see any ass kicking, it wasn't. I like Kiefer Sutherland. I just didn't like her. I, it was just didn't her character didn't feel natural to me. Like I'm sorry, I love Jennifer Gardner. She's a national treasure. But like maybe I'm just hoping it's just the pilot and they're just you know working out the kinks. But like let a stunt double do it in the beginning and work your way out and then weave your way back in if you really want to do your own stunts. You know what I mean? Yeah. In this particular pilot episode, I did not like her character. Okay, I won't give my opinion on this. I actually wrote down an Amazon Prime review because it has 83% five-star ratings on Amazon Prime, which is a good chunk. It's just pure five-star ratings. And so uh, one reviewer said, the first season of Alias is brilliant. Jennifer Garner absolutely rocks in this spy versus spy suspense thriller series. As anyone who follows J.J. Abrams, he is a quality director and producer, and I believe that is part of what makes Alias so great. Each episode is like a mini one-hour movie and does not feel in any way low budget or slapped together. The music also makes the show with a mix of many genres, including industrial rock. So maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's all the things that you didn't like about it are like what other people like. I liked that it was kind of like a one-hour movie. In other series, I've kind of complained about that a little bit, but... I kind of liked that it had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm -hmm. I didn't care as much about the music as you did, or it didn't bother me as much, I guess. I just didn't, I didn't notice it until Cat Stevens. And then I was like, wait a second. (laughs) I went back and I was like, the music is all over the fucking place in this. So, I don't know. It just didn't feel right with me. It didn't just sit right with me. What did you, okay, let's compare something. So when we did 24, you weren't as big a fan of the series finale, but you enjoyed the pilot. What did you enjoy more about that pilot versus this pilot? Because that's kind of a show that we could equate to one another. Because I liked that in that, in 24, it was setting up a story. That's what a pilot does. It sets up a story to continue to go in a direction. Throughout that, then that's that season, you can pivot and move directions. Yeah. This pilot episode was like a movie where it pivoted and moved and did too much in a pilot episode. It was too much too soon. It was all over the place. The flash forwards, flashbacks, it just, it didn't, there's no cohesiveness. The music is not cohesive. The action isn't cohesive. The whole story isn't a cohesive story. It's fucking four stories in one. And it bothered me. Like, I told you I, I like JJ. I fucking love JJ Abrams. Eleven twenty two sixty three was phenomenal. He did a great adaptation of Stephen King's book, but in like all everything else he does, like I like the people in it. I like them. I think they're great actors and stuff. But I just didn't like how this was put together. Yeah, I I completely understand your point in that. Um, there's a show I watch now called Council of Dads, and I almost didn't want to continue watching it because in the very first episode, one episode takes place over the over an entire year. I mean, so much happens. Someone dies, someone gets married. Like, 
all of that in the pilot episode. So I get what you're saying by being overwhelmed by that and by doing a little too much storytelling. I think in this, I just didn't mind it because it was so, I like the plot twist. So I think that's kind of what kept me going. Well, the thing is I like 24. It was just that I didn't get to see enough ass kicking in the two episodes I watched. That's all. Kiefer and Jennifer need to just get together and do a little ass kicking show. I just needed like a montage of ass of of ass kicking in series that did <laughs> not take place in a pilot or finale episode. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that was Elias, <laughs> episode one. I'm gonna think we don't have a free alias. It's, it's called Elias. All right, get cultured. It's it's that's pronounced two different ways. We'll be back with Elias episode two <laughs> Thursday. And I'll be you back know, with hopefully... Elias. I'll be back with Elias. Hopefully they turn the ship around, you know, I'm for it. I'm open-minded, even though I've been pretty negative about this. I'm open-minded. See you all Thursday. Mm-hmm.